Edge Case Podcast may contain graphic depictions of violence, explicit language, and other content that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. At the fringes of perception, beyond the boundaries of your mind, just past the glow of the firelight, out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an Edge Case. Chrysalis by Leah Simmons The perfectly symmetrical, smiling face of a blonde woman stared back at Gary from the pamphlet. Chrysalis Inc. was the company name embossed on the front, their cutesy butterfly logo a little too on the nose for a company that promised complete body makeovers. Gary put the glossy pamphlet back down on the dresser where he had found it and tried to take in the rest of the bedroom. It was a mess. Carly had really wrecked up the place in her final moments. The body had been removed earlier that week, but everything else the family had left as they had found it. The unmade bed, the scattered clothing and makeup, the broken mirror shards. It looked more like a murder scene than suicide to Gary's experienced eyes. On paper, Carly Esser had everything going for her. Recent college graduate with a promising career in human resources, the kind of girl that was always on the honor roll and volunteered at every event in the community. It was the kind of obituary that everyone read with a sigh, wondering why it's always the good ones that get taken so soon. Gary wondered how many people would recognize the girl that ended up in the morgue, though. After much deliberation, Carly's parents decided to use her college graduation photo in the obit, rather than the recent selfie she had taken to celebrate her emergence from the Chrysalis program. It wasn't that Carly wasn't a pretty girl, Quite the contrary, really. Long blonde hair that framed a heart-shaped face, piercing blue eyes, and a broad, toothy smile. But she was heavy. Probably over 300 pounds when she decided to cash in her life savings and sell her car, a graduation present from her parents, to purchase her six-week chrysalis treatment. She didn't tell her family because she was ashamed. Not that they wouldn't know, Everyone knew if you had gone to Chrysalis, but she knew they wouldn't understand why she did it, and now they would never have the opportunity to ask. It was sad, really. Sad that someone who had so much in life couldn't get past a fixation on their waistline. But Gary could understand. What person in the world didn't want to be perfect? Carly had the program a week before she had begun to act erratically, not showing up to work or social events, and then finally not answering her phone. 
She'd been dead in her apartment from an overdose on pills for two days before her parents made the landlord unlock the door for them. The coroner estimated her death day almost exactly 30 days from the day she completed her chrysalis treatment. This just isn't my Carly, a distraught Mrs. Esser said, her puffy eyes too exhausted to cry more tears in front of Gary. We didn't know she was so unhappy with herself. She was such a beautiful girl. Why she thought she needed to change? Gary nodded. The Essers had provided him with photos of their daughter, a sort of before and after that you would see in late-night commercials selling diet pills or workout videos. On the left was new Carly, slender and with blemish-free skin like a china doll. On the right was old Carly, smiling and plump with a ruddy complexion. What was your last correspondence with your daughter? Small things, really. She just wasn't her same bubbly self. She was quiet, distant, cold even. It was like someone pretending to be my daughter. I noticed something small, and I know it's nothing that would alarm anyone else, but I noticed it the first time Carly came over to see us, you know, after the change. She was using her right hand to write with. Carly was left-handed. Proudly left-handed, in fact. I see. And you knew nothing of the chrysalis treatment. Gary hated working with grieving parents, partly because no one should ever have to bury their own children, but mostly because he had been in their shoes before, each question stinging like a fresh wound. She told us that her work was sending her to a training workshop and that she wouldn't have much access to phone or internet. And that didn't seem a bit odd for a six-week stretch? Mr. Esser's face turned flush. She was a good person, and she didn't deserve what they did to her. So do you want to just tell me who they are that did this to your daughter? We believe that the chrysalis treatment did something to our daughter. Changed something in her daughter that made her do this. Mr. Esser paused to turn to his wife, who was now resting her head on her husband's shoulder. We don't think Carly killed herself. We think they killed Carly, and that... Gary raised an eyebrow at the accusation, but kept the rest of his face as still and calm as a frozen lake. Those are some pretty heavy accusations there, Mr. Esser. What do you do? What do you say? To what do you ground such claims? I don't know. Maybe it's something you feel as a parent. Are you a father, Mr. Birch? No, but I know what it's like to lose some close. Then you know we can't find peace with all this without knowing what really happened to Carly. Tears were welling up in Mr. Esser's eyes. If we can't have her back, we at least deserve answers. We at least deserve justice. Later that evening, over a stiff drink, Gary Birch began his research into the Esser case. Mr. Esser's theories seemed a bit off the mark, but Gary had certainly heard whispers of stranger conspiracies in his line of work. At the very least, looking into the famously financially successful and elusive Chrysalis Corporation had piqued Gary's curiosity. Generally, things that were too good to be true turned out to be precisely that. The Chrysalis website was a pile of stock photography and fluff. No real info, just pictures of dramatic before and after photos. Gary wasn't completely familiar with the company's services, but he could remember a few years back when they created a splash with the First Lady's makeover. 
Not that Sheila Sheehan was bad-looking for an older gal, but after her chrysalis treatment, she looked like a runway model. The publicity-feeding frenzy was suffocating. You couldn't watch the news without someone mentioning the damn change. Gary had looked into some similar business models in his other investigations. Illegal cloning operations were the bread and butter of the private investigator these days. But Chrysalis looked much too slick and mainstream to be pulling something so puny. No, whatever they were doing was different, more sophisticated. When he ran the numbers, he saw that there did indeed seem to be some correlation between a sharp increase in suicide rates for post-chrysalis patients. But certainly nothing that surprised Gary. For a procedure that attracts people with body dysmorphia or other psychosis, is it any surprise that they could plunge into a suicidal depression when they find out that not all that glitters is gold? Gary finished with the last of his whiskey and resolved to make an appointment with someone at Chrysalis. And after a few phone calls and around half an hour of listening to a jazzy rendition of Moonlight Sonata on hold, he had an appointment for the next morning. The Chrysalis offices looked less like a high-tech laboratory and more like a weekend spa retreat. Lots of white paint and natural unpainted wood. Gary liked to think of it as yuppie chic. The vast and mostly empty lobby had no chairs for visitors, and so Gary found himself just standing, arms crossed as the endless video clips played on the screens, trying to sell him on the life-changing chrysalis procedure. There must have been a dozen or so videos in the queue. Gary had been standing around for nearly 20 minutes, and there hadn't been a single repeat as far as he could tell. Different people, but same story. Before, life was ugly and dull, but after they were finally confident and happy. A bunch of gleaming, beautiful human husks, thought Gary to himself, itching for a cigarette. Mr. Birch, sorry to keep you waiting. A young woman approached, her high heels clicking like a metronome on the shiny tile floor. She looked to be in her early twenties, but Gary guessed, based on her flawless appearance, that she was much older, merely another post-chrysalis patient herself. Nora Wallace, you must be Mr. Birch. If you'll follow me, I'll take you back to the consultation office. Gary followed the woman, and as they proceeded past the beautiful but bored receptionist and down a long hallway... Just like the lobby, the entire hallway was bright white and nondescript. Closed steel doors lined the walls. Nora paused in front of the fourth door on the right and waved her access cuff over the security panel. Despite the new and fancy-looking building, the stubborn door would not open until Nora had turned her left wrist awkwardly and waved her cuff just so, in front of the sensor. It's a new system, just a bit finicky's all. Great, thought Gary. Another white room. He took a seat in the soft chair that Nora gestured for him, and she took a seat across the way. A small glass coffee table with bottles of water sat between them, like an island. You don't mind if I take notes, do you, Ms. Wallace? We do not allow any recording devices in the office, Mr. Birch. No worries, ma'am. Gary pulled out his trusty notepad and pen from inside his jacket. I'm what you called old school when it comes to note-taking. Gary tried to flash his best. Aw, shucks. Smile. 
though he had a sinking feeling his charms would be easily detected by Ms. Wallace. I see. That's fine, I suppose. I'm no dummy, so I'm sure you already know all about me, and I assume you know why I'm here to ask some questions. Nora nodded. Our legal department gave me a briefing, so I am aware that the Esser family has hired you to look into their daughter's death. Let me please extend our condolences to the Essers for their loss. Her soft-spoken, measured words rang hollow to Gary's ears. For a moment, he considered the option that she wasn't actually human, and was in fact a very upscale android device. But that didn't jive with the company's image to have employees with artificial bodies. Besides, androids don't have access cuffs. Then you know what I'm looking for, right? I want to know if you can tell me about Carly Esser's treatment. Her folks suspect that something went wrong. Mr. Birch, I'm sure you've already done your homework. We're an M3-5 rated business with a spotless record for safety and compliance. (laughs) Our system is simply put, more perfect than the people who seek out its services. And so it should come as no surprise that there's some unfortunate cases here and there. According to my homework, nearly 23% of your clients become unfortunate cases. Didn't find that on your shiny website or in your company's pamphlets, but the research was done easy enough on my own. Seems to me your system isn't so perfect after all. Humans are complicated things, Mr. Birch. My counter to your question is for how long are we to be held responsible for our clients? Months? Even years after they've been through our process? Is their ultimate fate always to be our liability? I don't know. I personally think that 30 days probably puts the blame squarely on your shoulders. I understand you have an obligation to your client to seek out what you deem as justice, but I can assure you that what happened to Miss Esser was not something caused by our treatment. By all accounts, Miss Esser clearly suffered from some serious mental problems before seeking us out. It's unfortunate that it had to ultimately end in her suicide. So you knew that Carly was emotionally troubled, and yet you still cast her check, knowing full well that your treatment might be putting her at further risk? Nora flashed a broad, cool smile. Mr. Birch, we can't speculate on every patient's well-being. We do require a very thorough mental evaluation prior to the procedure to ensure that we properly screen out individuals who may react poorly to the procedure. Miss Esser passed with flying colors, though. I'm sure you're aware that anyone who puts their mind to it can cheat a test. The videos you play in the lobby. Did Carly do one for you? I imagine your marketing department must be savvy enough to get a video for every client that walks in your door. You're not wrong. Nora manipulated the controls on her access cuff. The blank white walls around them transformed into four large monitors. It was Carly's face on the walls. Old Carly. I always thought I was happy with my life. And I was, up until the moment each day when I looked in the mirror. I was the fat kid that was always told I was really just an ugly duckling, that someday I would grow up to be a swan. Tears began to well up in Carly's blue eyes. And now I'm all grown up, and I realize it isn't true. I hate the way people look at me pity me. It feels terrible. The video paused on Carly's sad, tear-streaked face as the Chrysalis Butterfly logo made a cheesy camera sweep across to reveal the new Carly with chiseled cheekbones and oddly larger eyes. Gary couldn't help but think she looked like a strange cartoon version of her former self. How do I feel? Oh my god, I can honestly say I feel even better than I look. (laughs) I know it's cliche, but I feel like a new person. For the first time in my life, I'm not sad anymore. The video stopped here with the new Carly Frozen, mouth open in a big toothy smile on all the walls. 
As you can see, she's been pretty normal and happy with our services. What exactly does your treatment entail, Ms. Wallace? I mean, I realize that you can't go into trade secrets per se, but what exactly do you do to your patients? Well, I can assure you, Mr. Birch, that the rumors of clones or synthetic body sleeves are completely untrue. Everything we do here is completely cosmetic. Sort of like extreme plastic surgery, if you will. Nothing about the client's body is compromised in the process. In fact, the procedure that we employ is inspired by the way a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. It's actually where the marketing team developed the company name, Chrysalis. It's the scientific name for the cocoon where the transformation occurs. I see. So nothing with the client's brain or internal organs. None of that is affected by the process you use. That is correct. Any of those things would be a direct violation of federal regulations, Mr. Birch. We do not tamper with what makes our clients who they are. We merely enhance the way they look. How long after the treatment do you wait to schedule the, you know, testimonial videos or whatever? We like to schedule them within the first week. We tend to get more positive and dramatic responses from the patients during that time frame. Gary paused to look over his notes. Ms. Wallace had been rather clear on all the responses she was supplying. She was a pretty well-trained corporate drone, in Gary's opinion. He had dealt with his fair share over the years. The tight-lipped and cordial gatekeepers of corporate secrets and plausible deniability. Time to lob out some of the tougher questions. I'm not sure of your particular familiarity with Ms. Esser's case, but if your procedure is so minimally invasive, can you explain why Ms. Esser would have changed her hand dominance? Excuse me? Her hands. Carly's folks had said that she was left-handed, but when she was released from your program, she seemed to have switched to being right-handed. Hardly anyone got along these days without a connected access cuff to monitor their health, answer messages, or manage their personal security. Once activated, you had to pay a technician to remove or modify your cuff. The fact that Carly had gone to that much trouble, and honestly, expense, since certified techs were never cheap, struck Gary as something more than just a whim to try something new. The autopsy revealed she was wearing her access cuff on her left, and had been for several weeks leading up to her death. Syncing up the data, it looks like the day after being released from your facility, she forked over the cash to have it switched. Perhaps you're mistaken. There must have been another factor at play. There's no way our process could have caused that, Mr. Birch. I don't think it would be that kind of detail someone would mistake, Ms. Wallace. Could there perhaps have been something with the procedure that may have impacted Ms. Esser on a more molecular scale that could account for this? Absolutely not. As I've stated, Mr. Birch, this is an M3-5 rated business with a spotless record for both safety and compliance. I feel there are likely a fair number of other outside factors that could have contributed to Mrs. Esser's unique um, circumstances. Nora stood up and extended her arm toward the door. I believe we'll need to conclude our meeting on that note, Mr. Birch. I do hope you have been able to provide the Essers some peace through your work. I strongly recommend you focus your investigative efforts towards a more fruitful avenue. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate the time. Would it be too much trouble to have your folks send me a copy of Carly's testimonial video? I think her folks may appreciate it. I'll need to check with our legal department, but I believe we can arrange that. If I have any follow-up questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'm afraid that won't be necessary, Mr. Birch. Any further legal questions or statements will have to come directly from our legal department, which I'm certain you already have made contact with. That's correct, ma'am. Thanks again for your help. With a polite nod and his aw-shuck smile, 
Gary left Ms. Wallace and proceeded to let himself out. It was fairly clear there would be no more answers on the record. Gary worked well into the early morning hours on his research, but just like the chrysalis facility itself, their record was spotless. No failed tests or lapses in certification. Not a single customer complaint or former employee whistleblower. Not a blemish on their safety record, or evidently a skeleton in their closet. It was all too clean, especially to a veteran investigator like Gary. He put out a few lines on the net to see if any of his usual connections could dig up some dirt, but for whatever reason, his usual guys were all but silent. Frustrated, and on his last cold beer, Gary decided to see what he could find on Nora Wallace. Not a lot of info came up, but certainly more than he had found on her employer. Married and divorced, no children did not have any social media profiles, which seemed odd at first glance, but Gary figured it was maybe just a company policy. With an employer so obsessed about appearances, certainly every employee had to live up to very narrow specifications in the name of branding. What Gary did find, though, was Nora's own testimonial video. You know, I've always been a confident person. I feel that the product needs to match the packaging. Old Nora stared back into the camera as she ran her hands through her long hair in a sort of exasperated frustration. Gary couldn't help but notice there was something just slightly off about the symmetry of her face. I want to be just as beautiful on the outside as I am on the inside. People shouldn't be ashamed to look at me in the eyes. There. That was it. Her eyes, Gary finally realized. Nora's left eye was just slightly higher than her right eye, just millimeters, really, but enough to give her face a strange, unsettling quality. Gary hated to admit that it was true. It's hard not to stare at the imperfection, no matter how minuscule. For all intensive purposes, Nora's uneven eyes may well have been a horn growing out of her forehead now. It became the unconscious fixture of her face, no matter how hard you tried to ignore it. But with the magical sweep of the Chrysalis Butterfly logo, old Nora was gone and replaced with new Nora, the Nora with the cold smile so familiar to Gary after today. I love my new face. When I was done with the treatment, I couldn't describe what it felt like to see my new face. I finally looked as good as I feel on the inside. New Nora wiped the tears away from her face dramatically. Gary figured it would be no shock to find out if a director off-camera was telling her what to do. That was the end of the video. A freeze frame of new Nora with a perfectly symmetrical smile and her hands baptized in tears, framing either side of her face. Perplexed, Gary knew he had to have missed something. He ran the video back to play it again, this time with no sound. Old Nora... New Nora. Old Nora. New Nora. It wasn't until the tenth viewing that Gary finally saw it. Her wrist. Old Nora wore her access cuff on her right wrist. New Nora wore her access cuff on her left wrist. Nora had been the lefty like Carly before her treatment. Gary sat back in his chair to think. He checked his inbox again to see if there were any leads yet, but everything was still silent. He cracked his knuckles 
and figured, as a mythical rabbit catcher, it was time to chase this thing down the hole. It took about another hour or so, but he was able to round up many chrysalis before and after promotional videos as he could find. Then, he ran it through the program he set up to search and find any videos that featured interviews with people whom you could see their hands both before and after in the video. With over 143 videos, the program was only able to identify 27 videos that met these criteria, but it was enough for him to try and confirm his hunch. Of those seven videos, only six of them had patients that appeared to be wearing their access cuffs on the right wrist. But, just like Carly and Nora, all of them were wearing them on their left wrist post-procedure. Gary felt a wave of satisfaction wash over him, but it seemed hollow without knowing exactly what his theory confirmed. Three hours passed. Gary couldn't remember having fallen asleep. He probably would have continued to blissfully sleep face down on his desk if the notification of his computer hadn't pinged so loudly. It was an incoming message from one of Gary's associates, and with good news for once. It wasn't the kind of info that was going to break the case, but one of his old contacts had a way for Gary to get back into Chrysalis. Chrysalis. Directed by Robert Mayling. Written by Leah Simmons. Music director, Malia Lekomsky. Editing by Robert Mayling. The voice of Gary Birch was Brett Stoles. The voice of Mr. Esser was Jake Cox. The voice of Mrs. Esser was Tamara Huffman. The voice of Nora Wallace was Leah Simmons. The voice of the narrator was Tiffany Clanton. This podcast is made with love by Edge Case Podcast crew, who thank you for listening. Special thanks to Ari Show, Dominic Weineke, Amanda Mailing, Deborah Mailing, Joanna Keane, and Peter Pischke. If you would like to learn more about Edge Case Podcast and how you can support the dedication and hard work of our cast and crew, visit patreon.com slash edgecase. This audio production is copyright 2019 by Edge Case Podcast, all rights reserved. The copyrights for each story are held by the respective authors. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Edge Case Podcast.